Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. A note of warning. This podcast explores graphic and disturbing stories and includes strong language. It therefore may not be suitable for our young listeners or other folks who may find it disturbing. Hello and welcome to True Crime Daily, the podcast bringing you high profile and under the radar cases from across the country every week. I'm Billy Jensen and this is Owen Michael. Hello. Today is Wednesday, November 6, 2019. Our guest this week is Joanna Agunwaya, a criminal defense attorney based in Los Angeles with the Modell Law Firm. Did I say that correctly? Modell? Yes. All right, perfect. And uh, thanks for being with us this week. How long have you been practicing law? So I have been practicing law technically as a bar attorney for two years, but um, I worked with a couple of criminal agencies um, as a law student, um, and I have been watching Law & Order SVU since like <laughs> 2010. So there you go, excellent. Uh, you know, you're, you're you know, as you, you, as we you are. could, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, you're way more qualified than us. So, um, you know, it's going to be good to have a criminal defense attorney. We've had prosecutors type people, and we've had law enforcement on before, but um, we want you to want to give your Uh, Have you give uh, your input into some of these cases? So this week we've got search warrants for two Amazon Echo speakers are served in a murder case in Florida, despite the victim's family's wishes, plus an update to the Texas death row case of Rodney Reed, which you've been hearing all about. But first, a married couple is accused of tying up a woman in their Oklahoma home, shooting her up with meth and video recording her while she died. Owen, what's going on in Oklahoma? Let's chat. Welcome, Joanna. Let's see what you're... Think about these this week. Uh, This is uh, an Oklahoma woman was allegedly shot up with crystal meth by two people who then allegedly recorded video of this woman dying. This is out of Oklahoma. Uh, Brian Edward Anderson, 50 years old, and Allie Beth Anderson, 42 years old, were charged Tuesday. First degree murder in the October 2017 death of 41-year-old Melissa Vermillion at the Anderson's home in Uchi, Oklahoma. Excuse me, mouthful. Uchi, Oklahoma, which is about 70 miles east of Tulsa. Melissa Vermillion was a childhood friend's uh, childhood friend of Allie Beth Anderson's. Uh, an hour after she died, uh, they reportedly called for help. Called nine one one. Police searched the place with Allie Anderson's permission. According to KOAM TV, they found a video. Video shows Vermillion asking for help several times. Video shows her asking her friend to call her mother for her. Mom tells her to call nine one one. The couple allegedly waited an hour before calling nine one one. 
Um, they report that a confidential informant recently told police that Brian Anderson admitted to injecting the meth. There was nobody on the camera except uh, Melissa Vermillion and this Allie uh, Anderson. She briefly appears on it, but uh, for the most part, it is of uh, Vermillion. The informant uh, who tipped off police that Anderson admitted to injecting meth, he allegedly told police that uh, Brian Anderson sells about a kilogram of meth per week, said Brian knew Melissa Vermillion had a bad heart. She also was reportedly in need of, in need of her diabetes medication when she died. KOAM res, uh, excuse me, reports investigators suspect the Andersons were trying to keep Melissa Vermillion from testifying against them in a drug trafficking case. Uh, Allie later admitted to making this video after she had previously denied knowing anything about it. They've both been charged with last uh, charged last week with two counts of first degree murder and one count of second degree murder. They're in custody. What do you think about uh, two counts of first degree murder and one count of second degree murder? How do we uh, what do we think about that? Um, so I'm assuming that the first degree is coming from if they're charging with the first degree. I'm assuming that means that the police believe, number one, it was intentional mm-hmm. um, and that they had direct cause in it. Um, so I doubt they put on video them actually injecting Melissa Vermillion. Um, but even them simply, obviously they had no duty to help her. They don't, they're not her parents. She's not elderly. Um, you don't have a duty to be a good Samaritan, but if you place someone in the danger, Mm -hmm. which it appears they did here, um, by injecting her, um, then failure to act, I, I think would probably lead to a strong case for first degree murder. Um, but it's probably... Also, why they added the second degree murder, just in case they have any issues with the with the first degree, and it needs mm-hmm. to be knocked down. Mm-hmm. So, what about the the suspe- suspicion that they were trying to keep her from testifying against them in a drug trafficking case? Because then that leads to witness tampering, that yeah. kind of thing. So, would that add more? Are they trying to potentially build? I mean, obviously, these people aren't going to get out. Um, I don't see anything about bail in here, but would that add more to a um, more charges potentially? I see a lot of charges. Yeah, you'd have witness tampering. Um, There could possibly be enhancements. I'm not familiar with Oklahoma's laws in terms of um, what they consider enhancements to crimes, things like gang enhancements or Mm -hmm. um, lying in wait or if this would be considered anything like torture. Mm -hmm. Um, But definitely they find themselves in a problem with witness tampering, which will probably put them in more trouble than drug trafficking. That's a good point. Uh, It sounds like they have a... um, a pile of things to worry about here. Can you talk about the, the, the duty to take care of somebody in a situation? Like, is that not, uh, I'm under the impression, but I haven't thought about it is that, that there's basically, if you see somebody hit in the street and you, I shouldn't say hit in the street. If you see somebody in, in pain or in certain situations, aren't you required or is that state by state to intercede or is there liability um, issues there? Can you talk about a little, a little bit? It about would that? be state by state, but I think most states agree that there's no good Samaritan law. Um, the only time that you are a hundred percent required to act is if you have a duty to them. So if I see my child, my five year old is having a heart attack mm-hmm. and I fail to help them, then I've committed a crime. If I have my elderly um, mother lives in my attic and she doesn't meet anyone else and she's the, I'm the only person who has access to her and she falls. I have a duty to help her. Um, if I'm a teacher and I'm a, required to report, then I have committed a crime if I don't. But if I was to have seen um, this woman, if she was perhaps to have been dying on the street in front of me, mm-hmm. morally I might have an obligation, but sure. legally I could have walked mm-hmm. right around her and it wouldn't be a crime. So we're going to go to a different type of witness now and probably one that we're going to be hearing a lot of uh, in the future. 
Police get a search warrant for a pair of Amazon Echo speakers that they say may have recorded a woman's last moments before she died in a Florida condo. Adam Crespo, 40 years old of Hallandale, Florida, was arrested and accused of second-degree murder in the death of his wife. And the police um, uh, obtained a search warrant in the investigation of Sylvia Crespo's death, and they think a pair of Echo speakers may have overheard and recorded the scene of the death. Police requested data recorded between July 1st, uh, July 11th, excuse me, at midnight to July 12th at noon. So 12 hours. Uh, the quote is believed that evidence of crimes, audio recordings capturing the attack on victim Sylvia Crispo that occurred in the main bedroom may be found on the server maintained by or for Amazon, police said in a probable cause statement. Amazon has complied and turned over the recordings. Now, no comment from any of the parties as to what's been found, according to the Florida, Florida Sun Sentinel. An Amazon spokesperson said, quote, no audio is stored or sent to the cloud unless the device detects the wake word. And as you know, if you do have one, the wake word is Alexa, which is the default. But users can also select Amazon, Echo, or computer as the wake word. And there's also a mute button on the devices. So even before, like, there's some uh, interesting angles to this case for sure. But even before we get this, we've seen this now a couple of times in the last yeah. couple of years. So this mm -hmm. is sort of a frontier in, in digital and law and everything mm -hmm. else. Um, I presume this is state by state as well uh, as uh, far as how they Yeah, just they this is this. so new. It's definitely state by state. And this one's Florida. Mm -hmm. um, Billy, what uh, let's talk about some of these Florida details. Well, you know, police say Sylvia and Adam were arguing in Adam's bedroom at his condo. Sylvia was holding onto a spear. The spear somehow snapped and she was impaled through the chest. And this happened in July. The spear tip was double-edged and 12 inches long, according to the Sun Sentinel. Police found Sylvia in the, um, on the bedroom floor bleeding as uh, Crespo and a friend were trying to give CPR. Uh, Crespo told police he had pulled the spear out of her chest. Police said the couple and a third friend had gone out that night, returned to Crespo's condo, where the couple began arguing in the bedroom with the friend in the living room. And Adam reportedly tried to remove Sylvia from the bedroom while she resisted. He allegedly pulled her by her ankles from the bed, at which point the spear she was holding onto somehow broke. The Sun Sentinel reports the spear was at the foot of the bed, but it's unclear if it was attached, ornamental, or what. The couple has at least one misdemeanor battery domestic incident reported in 2017. Sylvia uh, reportedly wanted the case dropped, but Florida authorities continued with the case only to drop it after she failed to appear in court, uh, which was January of last year. And Adam Crespo has pled, pleaded not guilty to second-degree murder in the death of his wife, and his attorney maintains Crespo was asleep at the time, and the Amazon evidence will prove that Galva was the aggressor in an accidental death. So... A, the defense would not likely call for this. Uh, it sounds like they are the ones that want to go after this uh, this mm -hmm. information. Um, they probably would not have called for this if they didn't think um, that there was something there. Like, um, um, I there's think, a 12-hour period here. Go ahead. Um, I think just because I looked into the cases as well, I think mm -hmm. the police subpoenaed it from Amazon. Mm -hmm. The defense hasn't listened to it yet, or at least that's what the attorney said. But... He's saying that, I guess, Crespo's story is that he was asleep. Like, they went out, Crespo came home and slept in the bedroom, um, and the victim and her friend continued in the living room, and then the victim wanted to come inside, but Crespo blocked the door. Mm -hmm. um, so the attorney is saying that his position is that Crespo was sleeping, the victim came in intoxicated and was very, very drunk, mm -hmm. um, and was the aggressor, and then they tussled over a spear? 
Um, and that's how it happened. And if that's what actually happened, then, yeah, the echo would show that. So there's also this uh, privacy issue of uh, and not to call echo out there, all these devices. This is an issue. They claim that they're not activated, not listening unless they've been activated by this word. Um, unless somebody was fighting around here and saying, you know, no, not the spear that you got from the Amazon. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, stop yelling because people will hear our yes. echo or something along those lines. I mean, you know, I should be a defense lawyer. Um, they may be gambling that there is something on this server. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I, 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 it's speculation, obviously. But you do hear about these cases, too, where supposedly, you know, well, that's they, they've accused them of, of they've been under fire and they've been accused of uh, of collecting data that's yeah. not um Sure. Uh, pre-proved. And last year, you know, police seized an Amazon Echo speaker in a New Hampshire case after a judge's order, and police also sought evidence from an Echo in a New Mexico domestic violence case. In 2017, an Arkansas murder charge was actually dismissed after evidence from the device was inconclusive. So this is also, I would say, as part of a defense lawyer where you're trying to use everything at your disposal, being able to reach out to this, it might not have anything on it, being able to say um, it's a good roll of the dice by saying... Let's get all of this information. We'll read it. If it didn't pick up anything, because there is supposed to be a wake word, if the wake word didn't come on, if it didn't pick up anything, then you're just hearing potentially silence and you're saying, see, there was nothing on there. There was no commotion. She was sleeping. And then this is what happened. I'm the wrong person to ask about any of this. Anyone who knows (laughs) me knows I'm super paranoid about all Uh of this. Even like a few years ago, I think one of the first cases that used technology for a conviction was the pacemaker case. Um, And Mm -hmm. it's a case where this guy was accused of arson and he was like, nope, I was sleeping at the time. And they went and pulled his pacemaker um, or it might have been a Fitbit. I think it was a pacemaker. Uh Um, And they showed that at the time that the fire was set, his adrenaline spiked. um, And that's how they got the conviction. But you bring up a good thing, too, with Fitbits as well, because it is recording all that data. And you could ostensibly, you know, and I believe there's GPS and and things like that in the the Fitbits. This is definitely a, a sort of a brave new frontier as far as that goes. I would also wonder, though, that even in the best case or worst case scenario uh, legally, if some of this altercation was recorded, it's chaos, it's background, it's not great sound quality. I, I wonder whether there would be enough to cast a, uh, cast doubt on the situation. I guess that's probably the best. Thing I think you're just throwing so up chaotic. Yeah, exactly, you know? you're just trying to throw up as many things up against the wall as a yeah. defense mm-hmm. lawyer and trying to see what sticks. Yeah. Well, we'll keep an eye on that one yeah. because uh, you know, like I said, that one. With both of these cases, uh, it's sort of the digital frontier of of, mm-hmm. uh, of of law enforcement and crimes. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the biggest case that we've been talking about um, across the country has been the Rodney Reed uh, case out of Texas. Mm-hmm. Oh, and why don't you give us a rundown on that? Point? Rodney Reed is, uh, this case is out of Texas. He's a 51-year-old man. Uh, Rodney Reed is scheduled to be executed in two weeks in Texas on November 20th. Reed is accused of murdering Stacy Stites in 1996 in Bastrop, Texas. On October 4th of this year, just last month, Reed's attorneys filed a motion to withdraw the execution date in light of new evidence. Reed has always maintained his innocence. A man named Jimmy Fennell was the first person of interest in the case. He was Stacy Stites' fiance at the time of her death. Fennell was serving 10 years in prison for kidnapping and improper sexual activity with a person in his custody in a separate case. He was accused of raping a woman he had arrested when he was a Georgetown, Texas police officer. He pleaded to lesser charges. Stacy Stites' body was found along a country road in Texas in April 1996. She was 19 at the time when she was murdered. 
Police searched for her and found her body about 12 hours after she didn't show up for work. She had been strangled to death. Jimmy Fennell told police he was asleep when Stites left left for work at 3 a.m. Months later, coroners identified DNA in Stites' body that matched Rodney Reed's while they were investigating a separate sexual case, sexual assault case that was later dropped, according to KXAN-TV. He was charged, uh, Rodney Reed was charged with aggravated sexual assault and capital murder, denied knowing her, eventually admitted to having a secret relationship with Stites, claimed they had sex the night before she died, resulting in DNA. Uh, He was convicted and sentenced to death in 1998. He's appealed his case 18, excuse me, eight times since he was convicted. Rodney Reed's case was taken up by the Innocence Project. There's finally now some movement on this. Last week, uh, Reed's lawyers filed for clemency for Reed with the Texas Board of Pardons and Paroles. They requested Governor Greg Abbott grant a commutation reduction in the original court-ordered sentence as well. They say a sworn affidavit from a prison inmate who served time with Jimmy Fennell claims that Fennell, the former cop, confessed to him that he murdered Stacy Stites. The inmate, his name is Arthur Snow, claimed the murder was racially motivated. He was apparently in a, a, a white-powered Aryan Brotherhood gang in, in prison there. Uh, Reed's lawyers also want the belt that was used to strangle Stites to be tested for DNA, which apparently was never done. There's an online petition to the governor to stop the execution. Again, that's uh, November 20th. has about 1.5 million signatures so far. 26 state lawmakers in Texas, 13 Republicans, 13 Democrats, truly really bipartisan, signed a letter sent to the governor urging him to stop the execution. The letter cites compelling new witness testimony, excuse me, witness statements and forensic evidence, along with evidentiary gaps. Reed's federal appeals have not been completed either in the New York Times reports. This has also become a celebrity case. You probably heard about uh, this from Rihanna, uh, T.I., Kim Kardashian, Meek Mill. Uh, Dr. Phil has brought this up on, on his show. Um, it's definitely, there seems to be some, uh, some light here, some, some light between, uh, what happened and what the, what they've got officially. Yeah. Um, so another one that anyone who knows me knows I'm staunchly opposed to the death penalty. Mm -hmm. I've done a lot of work with death penalty abolishment in California. It's one of my biggest causes, but it's a, a lot of it is for reasons like this. There's so many cases that when we revisit them from the 70s, 80s, and 90s, 50% of the reason usually is because of lack of scientific ability to, you know, nail down who did, the, um, who was the person who committed a crime. But so many of these older cases are just so racially biased, like especially in this case where we have witness testimony um, that Jimmy Fennell told several people that he was furious that his girlfriend was having um, mm-hmm. not only an affair, but an affair with a black man. Mm-hmm. Um this is just so, so common um, to, to find in these older cases. And it's unfortunate that a lot of the time we don't get this attention to it until it's weeks before the, mm-hmm. the sentence is issued. Um, and a lot of the times it's not successful. So I'm very, very hopeful that this turns out differently. But this is one of the primary reasons I'm opposed. Yeah. And again, you know, this is one of those things where whenever you see people saying, well, the DNA was there, but mm-hmm. the DNA certainly could have been caught. You know, and you've seen this also with cases of sex workers, too, where mm-hmm. you might have um, they might have seen had three or four other dates, mm-hmm. they find DNA, and mm-hmm. then they pin it on somebody that, that that person just might have been on a date with a sex worker. They didn't necessarily kill the person. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, when we're talking about this, she was having a, um, you know, she very well may have been having a um, consensual relationship with somebody. Um, that is the reason why the DNA was there. And um, same it's thing com- for the belt, you yeah, know, it's, it's, this could yeah, have been exactly. Jimmy Fennell's uh, DNA because it's reasonable to, 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 to determine that 
he would have touched the belt. They live together, so he, right. you know, they, his, his they stuff would have been on there. They, the yeah, that, right. the, the fact that they haven't even, and like, they're still yeah, ready to send the guy thing. to die. Yeah. Yes. And it's also depending Absolutely. on where the belt is, too. If he, if he was using the belt, it's one thing to have touch DNA on it. It's another thing, particularly to have a belt that, um, you know, at the choke points, uh, sure. for lack of a better term. You know, the indentations sure. of it. Um, you know, there could, he could have uh, cut his hand because when you're strangling somebody, it's going to take a while. Mm-hmm. That could have been more DNA than just t- regular touch DNA. Um, if, if something came off of, you know, a piece of, you know, skin or blood or something like mm-hmm. that. Uh, how it was preserved, though, uh, back in 1996 and um, in this place in Texas, uh, who knows? I actually grew up like 45 minutes away from this area. No kidding. Yeah, I'm from, I'm from You're Texas. You're a Texas native. So I, I was going to do, I, I, I didn't, I don't have the stats in front of me, but Texas, I think, is one of the leading uh, states as far as they, they, kill, they kill everybody, right? Um, they don't kill everybody, but they, they, they are pretty active in it. List moves. And in California what was, was Tukey Williams. Yeah. Tukey Williams, but um, California hasn't has a very low actual um, death rate. Right. Um, but Tukey Williams has been one of our more recent um, uh, big celebrity profile cases. Right. Um, so before uh, Tukey Williams, there was almost thirty years uh, right. gap. So which is why people like Marilyn or Charles Manson die on death row. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because he he originally was convicted and sentenced right. to death, but then they when they he died in jail when they got rid of uh, the death penalty, mm-hmm. he and they. Uh, um, yeah, I just it's a, it was alarmingly easy to get away with murder, nineteen sixty to ni- up until two thousand. So there's a lot of people who might be on yeah. death row for the wrong reasons. Yeah, I mean, this, is part of, uh, this is part of your mission as far as part the, whole, of my mission. the technology and DNA, mm-hmm. the strides that we've made in 20 years mm-hmm. uh, right. is finally starting to catch up. And, and this is a perfect case in point. But, uh, you know, we've covered this case before in the past, and it's just there's so many yeah. details here that's like, okay, it doesn't necessarily exonerate them one way or the other, but, boy, they sure do no, need let's, to let's, be followed up look, on. And look back into it. I mean, literally, a man's, man's life, life is at stake. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's encouraging, though, that we have bipartisan Indeed. movement. Yeah. Indeed. That's great. Uh, yes. So we'll, we'll keep you posted on that because uh, nothing like getting Kim Kardashian involved in, in mm-hmm. another uh, criminal justice situation here. She gets things done. Mm-hmm. She's, what, I'm not sure what her record is. So far, you know but the year's not over yet. Yes. So, uh, you know, we get comments on our Facebook page, on our YouTube page. And um, here are some of the cases that we got a lot of comments on. California mom gets four years for sex with teen boys. Uh, the headline probably should have read um, uh, molesting teen boys. But the victims who were 14 and 15 years old, they were freshmen at the time of the crimes, or her daughter's boyfriends. George Ellen B. said she couldn't find someone around her own age. David L. said, I wonder how those teens must have felt. And Afisha E. said, how disgusting. If it was a man, he would have gotten a lot more years in prison, which is very well probably That's, true. Uh, yeah, I mean. It's 100%. Do you true. know yes. uh, what what would have been the mitigating factors here? Is this a, uh, is, you can't, obviously the judge or, or however the sentencing went, they were not saying, well, it's not as bad, so we won't give you as much. Unfortunately, that kind of is a lot of times the logic that subconsciously affects it because one of the things they look at is victim impact. Mm-hmm. Um, and if the the studies don't show the same kind of damage because there's not studies done, sure. then they'll say, oh, the victim impact is like they might need some therapy versus if it was the other way around. People would say debilitating. Yes, yeah, debilitated. Right. Um, she might have had personal mitigating factors like maybe a mental problem, emotional drug problem. Um, but that comment is completely accurate. 
Yeah, and boy, it's sort of, it just reminds me of uh, Amy Poehler and, and uh, Mean Girls or something, you know, I'm the cool mom type thing, you know, like, oh, I, talk yeah. about some bad decision making there, but, uh, you know, I'm not here to judge. Well, in, in Colorado, Colorado woman is accused of shooting at a neighbor with a crossbow. It's not the first time that Catherine Cherry has been charged with felony menacing. Mm. She was arrested for the same crime several years ago. And they got a little uh, a little saucy in the comments, our, uh, our listeners and viewers and readers did. Matthew H. said, how about attempted murder? Michelle B. said, sounds like my neighbor. And Shay Vey said, damn, Grandma, you need some weed. Coincidentally Colorado. or not, Colorado, weed is legal. Has been now for, I believe this is the yes. second year. Uh, I think a little bit longer than that, actually. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. They're uh, doing great with it. Comments. Yeah, yeah exactly. Making some it. money, yes. doing some stuff here. Uh, I, I do seem, it does seem a little high strung. Mm-hmm. Um, also, crossbow. Crossbow. You know, yeah. I don't know who has a crossbow mm-hmm. by their front door. But uh, people with a spear in the bedroom. Yes. Yeah. Right. Boy, you know, there's some exotic weapons uh, yes. in, the, in the True Crime Daily podcast this week. Uh, moving on, but don't shoot your neighbors with yes. anything, really. L- Louisiana man arrested for allegedly driving Walmart scooter to bar. This is one I think some people could get ar- get 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 behind. Mm-hmm. It is theft. You don't you don't necessarily. I thought that, he I thought made some bad choices, but overall, I think like yeah. the the idea was uh, yeah. was sound. But uh, go ahead. A deputy spotted the electric scooter parked between two cars, which is you know okay. He parked it outside a bar more than half a mile from the Walmart around 12.30 a.m. Bruce Williams told the officer he didn't want to drive his own vehicle to the bar because he was afraid he would get a DWI, according to police. And, uh, you know, Michelle D. said, I love this dude. Helen D. said he must have been drunk before he got to the bar. We can do some stupid things. And then Jeanette K. said, well, if he was going to return it, then I don't see the problem. He just borrowed it. Doesn't quite work that way. But... You know what? You try to take uh, not so much, so much with I don't know if Walmart has this, but you try to take the uh, a a cart oh, yeah, uh, away from magnetic, uh, away from uh, Target. Yeah, Forget yeah. about it. You'll you, a you get whiplash when you hit that thing. Boom. Yeah. And how this guy got away with this uh, this scooter? I you know right. That's the that's the there's a couple issues here. Uh, I believe that the Walmart scooters are not street legal. In other words, they don't have brake lights and uh, uh, signaling devices, yeah. anything like that. So you could also it's take the, uh, the, the restrictor plate off so they can go you'd get yeah. all the way up to yeah, tw- right. 25 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, though, that if it was his own uh, Lark or his own scooter or something like that, then uh, nope. it is still, still illegal. And you can get you can get a DUI on a bike for, for you know, a lot yes, of people you can. getting bird DUIs right now. Is that what's happening? Yeah, yeah there's it's the bird DUIs, which uh, for wow. those of you that are not in a major metropolitan area like. Los Angeles birds are the scooters that plague. are the scourge plague of the neighborhood. Those are those electric scooters that you can yeah, uh, that you can. Uh, that How you many can lawsuits are going on with those bird things? I'm sure tons. Yeah. I've only ridden them twice, and I cried the second time. Okay, well, so that's a that's a that's their new slogan too, which is inter- yeah. interesting. Yeah. You'll get where yeah. you want to get, but you're gonna go through an emotional. You're gonna go through an emotional. <laughs> I like I like that. I like the fact though that this guy was uh, he was trying to at least be proactive there. Yeah. I, I don't, don't like that they... he that he that he stole the stole from Walmart. But, uh, you know, he's trying to be proactive that is, here. With, um, that's what Uber's right for. I do not think he would actually be able to get a DWI, though, because it looks like they found the vehicle parked. He never saw him actually yeah. moving it. Unless he, unless there's surveillance video in the parking so, lot yeah. of Walmart. You didn't, you didn't mm-hmm. but breathalyze me. I could have been at a .04. Mm. Boy, you know what? I'm going over to Louisiana. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to law school myself because it's, <laughs> I bet this is not an isolated incident. Anyway. Uh, bad on you, sir. Uh, you had the right idea, but uh, don't steal and All don't, right. uh, don't drive drunk. 
So thank you, Joanna, for being our guest this week. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about just um, what you do as far as criminal law goes? Yeah, so um, I'm an attorney, so I have um, a pretty varied caseload. I have some felonies, some um, misdemeanors, so I do everything from like DUIs and um, d- d- domestic battery um, up to you know um, carjacking and um, uh, attempt murders and obviously some of the more um, interesting cases as well. So... No shortage of in Los Angeles here, right? Yeah. So yeah. You, you get kind of a good variety. Okay. And where can viewers and listeners find out more about you? Um, so I work for Modell Law Firm. It's in Koreatown, and we have a great team. Um, so if you're interested or want to know more about me as an attorney, um, mdlfirm.com. Mm-hmm. Um, that's our firm website. And then I have my personal Instagram as well. It's not as interesting. What is it, though? Um Y-A-Y-A, so Yaya underscore Joanna. All right. Yaya uh, underscore Joanna. Yep. If you get a huge surge of followers uh, this what's, weekend. What's the Yaya for? Uh, that's my nickname. Uh, uh, my middle name is Upayemi. Okay. And I used to go by Yaya until I started law school and had to get professional. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite uh, football slash soccer players of all time, Yaya Tori, oh. uh, formerly from Manchester City. Fantastic player. Um, so that's our show for this week. Uh, well, of course, we're going to list your details and descriptions uh, of the podcast and on video. And you can find our content on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, and on YouTube, and get updates and subscribe to our newsletter at truecrimedaily.com. Until next week, this is True Crime Daily, the podcast reminding you don't do crimes. Don't do crimes.